Welcome, welcome, everyone. Oh, my goodness. It's been forever. We've been uh, a little bit of uh, procrastinators as of late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we know. were on sabbatical. Okay? We took know. a retreat. We were wiped out from the early part of the podcast. I... Legend through. Um, you know football's really happening. That was tough. We took a break. We come back. We missed out on March Madness. <laughs> we completely that was a huge mistake. We, we completely missed, out on missed on March we, Madness. We missed out on we, talking about the end of the NBA, but NBA playoffs are here. Some crazy yeah. things have happened. Baseball's here. We got things to talk about, but we definitely, we definitely left some food on the table. Yeah, I love how we made all the predictions for the NCAA tournament and never. We'll look back on that. Not that that was maybe strategic on our part, really in hindsight, because I think our picks were pretty much garbage. I think you had Miami way too far. I had and Miami a little too far, and I had West Virginia a little too far. Oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah, I had I as pretty much the rest of the world had Michigan State way too far, as in championship. I mean, as in yeah. they to win the championship, they didn't win a game. Um, but in my other bracket, I had uh, I was a little bit closer but still you know what once i got knocked out i had kansas in my other bracket once i got knocked out i was all aboard villanova and it was good yeah oklahoma and a virginia championship did not it did not work out well no i want duke to go farther but briefly all the pieces i know well yeah duke has just can't find a way these last few years so i don't know they also won it all yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They had I just I wasn't they had feeling this top it. Top draft pick. They wasn't feeling Grayson. it. They had the pieces. I thought they could beat Oregon. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't feeling it. Whatever. But you know what? I was feeling. I was feeling that championship game. I know briefly. I know this oh, is like. Oh yeah, that was awesome. This is like six years ago that this championship game happened. Um, but it was probably probably one of the greatest championship you know NCAA basketball championship games we've seen. I mean, that's Here's, just. I don't yeah, want to dwell on this too long because honestly, everyone has already talked about. That. I know. I'm so far behind the ball, even bringing this up. But I, in in watching it, I honestly felt the whole time that Villanova was going to win. Like, you just felt like they were the better team. Yeah. They actually had it going. And even when that guy hit that insane shot on on North Carolina, that he was trying to get the and one, and he hit the three to tie it. I still felt like not that Villanova was going to win on that next play, but in overtime, I was still wanting my money to be on Villanova. <laughs> and to see back to back shots like that was. Really prime time for most of us who didn't really have a dog in the fight at that point. Yeah. So good on it. Good entertainment and good on the NCAA making <laughs> millions of dollars on that right there. Um, All right. Let's talk in- NFL anyways. draft. What do you think, Curtis? NFL. 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 Oh, that's right. NFL. NFL National Football League. God, we've been uh, – does it feel like the Super Bowl was – eons ago and uh now it's draft time i you know i gotta be honest dave the draft is one of the dumbest things people get riled up about i got it's in say. a week it's in one i week understand i'm really i'm really riled up about it i understand it's in a week <laughs> i do not 
spend one second of my day watching any draft analysis or oh wow or the draft itself i mean it oh, is honestly one of the dumbest things no. that they can have on tv i disagree oh come on what here's 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 what it's great for here's what it's ideal for it's the best background noise you can have if you're like i need to get work done and I want some background noise where I can just check out every so often, but I don't want to really be involved in it. You put the draft on, and you can just boom. Okay, I, you know, we're 15 picks away from you know my team. What I really care about, so I can keep my head down. Every so often, when I get bored, I can pop up. Oh, so and so got dra- Dak Prescott got drafted. Who I saw did pretty good at Mississippi State. It's fun to watch. That's interesting. He's going to Denver. I wonder if he'll work out. And then boom, back to work. Yes, if you're just gonna sit there with popcorn and watch the draft. You're probably pretty f- football addicted, but it's great background noise, Curtis. David, that same way proves about my point. Background noise? Dave, yeah. that proves my point that this is honestly the backdoor step of what the NFL has to offer in an entertainment value. I yeah, mean, but it's it's supply and demand. When you're this far oh away from my football, gosh. anything – seems pretty good and the draft seems pretty good i like looking at the mock drafts i think they're mostly obviously you just know they're going to be wrong honestly it's still fun it's honestly still fun i'd rather they, do the, yard work i'd rather do yard work and check my twitter account maybe every half hour well that's not that's about two steps behind background noise so okay I'll, I'll stay close enough <laughs> Okay. Okay, but what we have regardless, okay, re- re- some entertainment regard- before the draft. Yes. I cannot remember the last time the number 1 and the number 2 draft pick have been dealt um in the same draft. I I don't have any recollection of when when that last happened. Um the Titans trading the number 1 overall pick to the Rams, the Rams trading from 15 all the way up to 1, and then the Eagles who moved from what was it, 13 to 8? Uh, with the Dolphins, and then moved from eight uh, up to two. Uh, and you know what? Everyone's saying it's going to go Goff to the Rams, uh, the quarterback out of Cal, and Carson Wentz, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, um, to the uh, the Eagles. Uh, but it doesn't really feel like – I don't know, Curtis, if you've watched much. I know you, you watched some Jared Goff being in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really feel to me like either of those guys deserve – to go one, two. It doesn't feel like a Jameis Winston, Mariota kind of year. Dave, I'm telling uh, you, the NFL is going to continue to go cuckoo. The more money <laughs> and the more expectations are involved and the more responsibility on the quarterback position, people will go cuckoo, and they will do dumb, dumb things to well, get themselves a The Rams are going cuckoo it's honestly they like, moved to, to L.A. and they just want it all. Yeah, I just I, – I mean – it's honestly like going back. Have you seen the big short, Dave? Uh, yes, I should have won Best Picture. Yeah. Honestly, it's like these these GMs and owners are like the, the mortgage brokers, okay? They've gone absolutely cuckoo to do whatever they can to get the mortgage loan. It doesn't matter who they're giving the loan to. It doesn't even matter. 
whether it's the stripper that has five houses or it's, you know, the person that's, oh, no. that's, you know, it's got a good, you know, good credit rating. It honestly doesn't matter. These GMs and owners have gone absolutely cuckoo on who <laughs> they're investing their money and time and resources into. It does so, not matter. It's the environment. It's the it's the situation. It's the money. It's the pressure. It's the expectations. I mean, it's all this. And and if you you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Oh, happily. But doesn't the don't the Rams and the Eagles invest? They already invested a boatload of money into the quarterback position, as is. I well, mean, aren't the, they the the Rams, yes. I mean, the, and the Eagles, yes. The Eagles paid Sam Bradford a, a lot of money, and they went yeah. with a backup quarterback a lot of money. The Rams have Case Keenum, uh, who they have invested a little bit in, but they don't really have a quarterback. Um, and they pretty much just sold their draft for the number one overall Yeah, pick. I'm telling you, these people have gone absolutely bonkers. They moved to L.A. They said, we're out of the Midwest. Oh we're, out of, we're out of stinking misery. And we're in L.A., city of Hollywood. We need a star. And they gave up their first-round pick this year, the 15th overall pick, which is a good pick. Yeah. Uh, their second-round pick this year. Another second-round pick this year, number 43 and 45. Then a third-round pick this year. And then next year they traded away – their first round pick next year, which let's be honest, the Rams are going to be bad again. So that's going to be a good pick. And then their next year's third round pick in return, they got the first. So they moved from 15 to one, they moved 14 spots. They got a fourth and a sixth this year. Um, and what's considered one of the deepest drafts in a long time. I think uh, today it was John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks said, this is one of the deepest drafts he's ever seen. The Seahawks typically, on their big board, uh, have 115 to 130 players uh, they they want to draft that they think are draftable worthy. Um, this year, uh, supposedly they have 200 players on their big board. They think it's that deep. This is the year you want to have yeah, a lot of picks, I think and the gone. Titans have a ton of them. And the Rams are going to be bad again next year, and the picks they got for next year's draft are going to be good again. And while the Rams, they get their quote-unquote quarterback of the future – and then they pretty much gut their team to where they're not going to really give them much help, I think, in the future. Yes, they have Todd Gurley. Yes, they have a beastly defensive line. Um, but I think they kind of sold their soul for this pick. Um, and I don't think Goff is, is really that good. I think he's – I mean, it's, part of me wants him to succeed in some senses, coming from an air raid type offense, see if he can do it in the NFL. Because um, Falk plays in pretty much the same offense. Um, so if he can do it, maybe it gives me hope that Falk can make it. Uh, but I just don't. The Rams just have not had any semblance of being able to develop a quarterback um, and, and do it well. I think they're going to throw him into the fire, and he's going to play um, some tough defenses in the NFC West and the Cardinals and the Seahawks, uh, and it could be a struggle. And I also think Goff padded a lot of his numbers against some pretty weak competition and didn't look um, like a number one overall pick against other Pac-12 defense. But right. the Rams clearly think otherwise. Ugh. What a debacle. I mean, Do you want to see what the Eagles gave up? I please they, enlighten they, me. They moved. So first off, they gave up. I think a fourth round pick. I can't remember this. And they gave up Kiku Alonso and Byron Maxwell to go from thirteen to eight. So this is pretty much involved in that because they moved the eight overall pick to go six spots, the second overall pick. So they gave Jeez. up 
their first round pick, the number eight overall, their third round pick, number 77 overall, a fourth round pick, number 100 overall. So that's three picks in the top 100 in a very deep draft. And then next year, they get their first and second round pick and turn to move up six spots and get a fourth round pick. That's it. Now, how upset are you as an Eagles fan if this doesn't work out? Because not only did you pretty much sabotage To go after a quarterback? To go after a quarterback, but then next year, the draft's not going to be very entertaining. The first two picks are gone for this guy that you sold out on and who's probably should and probably will. This is what I'll be curious to watch with both these teams. These players should sit a year, I think, to adjust to the NFL. That's really the best oh, thing you yeah. can do. Oh, yeah. Well, look at the. Especially Carson Wentz coming from FCS. But once you start losing, when that pressure hits, can you really just. Aff- will you not cave to fans and, and, and put them out there? I, I don't know. Especially I just. I, I'm sorry. I'm just at a loss of words. <laughs> I just. You know, look at so look bad. At, I'm look, so glad that John Schneider would not make. A oh trade my like that. gosh! Look at the past. so low success. Look at the history of the NFL, Dave, and and please tell me how many quarterbacks have actually stepped in the starting role in their first year, and have really panned out. I mean, without you know some sort of sort of fade in or progression into the NFL. Sure. There's, I mean, there's a couple you can name. You could name Andrew Luck as uh, a guy that's I mean, that, that is that is still playing at a, at a at a at a pretty high level in the NFL. I mean, yeah, he was hurt last year and had a he was hurt last year. year, which factors into it. It does. It does. Um, but there's not a lot you can say. A lot of quarterbacks that have been actually able to step in and actually from a rookie season and excel. I'll say I was impressed with Mariota this last year because of how little talent he yeah. had around him. He didn't have a running back. He didn't have much of an offensive line. He didn't have any receivers of note except for Delaney Walker, a tight end. So for having – I thought I thought he was a very good prospect. I thought he was a very good quarterback and could do well in the NFL. I was kind of rooting for him to succeed in some ways. Um, I thought it was going to be very you just, difficult you just a hoping, very talentless team, but he, he looked pretty good for how little around him he is. You're just hoping an FCS quarterback can make that change. You know, the truth is, oh, though, is man. I think Wentz actually is the better prospect over Goff. I think he's more athletic. I think he can fit the ball in some pretty – uh, tight spaces. He has a really bad completion percentage <laughs> under pressure. That that worries me. The uh, game's going to move so much faster. There's it's a going history to move. of showing you moving to the top ten, and how much that does not work out for your team later in life. Uh, the San Diego Chargers did the same thing and went for Ryan Leaf. Now, obviously, Ryan Leaf had a lot of other problems that weren't going to help him. He succeed, did. He basically gut your team. Yes, they they gutted their team. They traded everything away to move up. Uh, their best receiver the year before. They got rid of him. They gave him no help. You're just not setting up your quarterback to succeed. I think of um, David Carr is a good example of this. Uh, Derek Carr is currently his brother plays for the Raiders, uh, who can really sling it around. David Carr, I think, was the number one overall pick for the Texans. The Texans had nothing around him, uh, and he was shellacked. I think he was sacked uh, an insane amount of times in three years, and it, I don't think he ever bounced back from it. If he would have gone somewhere like Green Bay, uh, the Patriots, maybe just a smarter organization that could have really developed him, what would have happened? Maybe he'd still be in the league throwing it. Um, it worries me, uh, especially for the Rams. Uh, I just don't think they're a good organization. And, you know, when they made this trade, I think you kind of celebrate as a Seahawks fan because you think, well, it's going to be between the Cards and, and the Seahawks for the next three years because I think this is really going to set them back. But, yeah. you know, 
you still if, if you nail it, you're going to look great. And the truth is, on the other side, the Titans and the Browns get these amazing picks, and good for them. They need it. They're super talentless uh, 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 teams. But the Browns did this a couple years ago and screwed the pooch so bad. They traded all these picks um, from the Falcons to, to move out so the Falcons could take Julio Jones, and the Browns had a huge haul. The Falcons then struggled the next few years, as we've seen, because they haven't had any talent around them, because they haven't had anyone coming from the draft, because they've done they gave away so many picks. And then the Browns drafted with their two first round picks: Trent Richardson, Brandon Weed, oh, Phil Taylor, Greg Little. Oh. Pretty much bust to mediocre came out of that. So while the Browns have this haul, I will never underestimate the, the Browns' ability to Brown. The Browns have an unbelievable ability to Brown. They still have to nail these picks. Um, but if you're the Browns, the Titans, I would much rather be in their position than than be getting one of these two quarterbacks. Oh, because of year. all the picks they got. It's in such a deep year. It's oh ridiculous. my gosh! And next season too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I hope in three years we're going to be watching the Browns and Titans be dueling over the AFC. That would be awesome. Yeah, and we're flipping Rams and Eagles just floundering. Yeah. Um. And I also think it's you know the pressure of LA plays a big factor into oh, that definitely. too. You know they're trying they're in the showbiz now. Yeah, they you are. Know, they got to show a Cal a Cali boy star. Yeah, out of, of Cal, but so yeah, you you got to feel pretty lucky to uh, to be a situation we are here at Seattle. Uh, yeah, moving forward, you know, with John Schneider and Pete Carroll and in the program that they, you know, they have a plan. They have a plan and they, they, stick, do. they stick to it every year. And They think some, ahead. They some, don't knee-jerk re- react. Yeah, like and some, sometimes, some teams panic. sometimes some of the some of the decisions that they make um, might not seem, you know, so glamorous on the cover. But when you uh, dig deeper, you, you understand kind of the program that they're putting together when they get to the football field. And, you know, I know that there's always some some frustration. There's been some some frustration over the last few years about, sure. you know, the offensive line and, you know, trying to convert these defensive linemen and the offensive linemen. Yeah, it's and, been bad. You know, and that's kind of – I guess that you could say that's probably a dark – the dark, you know, mark on, on how they're – trying to develop their offensive line. There's been a lot of questions around that. But, you know, there was all, you know, how much controversy there was around Seattle in picking uh, Frank Clark last year. And, you know, honestly, they did their homework because nothing's come of it. And nothing, and and he's out. He was actually a, a serviceable guy on the on the defensive line last year, and he's going to have an even more impactful role moving yeah. forward this season. And I think he can have a breakout year this year and really show. I think what he he's, can take over a game. He's got that kind of potential. Yeah, to do he does. That. So you know, you just got to be patient, and these guys know what they're doing. Um, we should feel pretty lucky to have these guys here in Seattle, and you know, there's other programs out there that uh, that that are pretty lucky. You know, you look at teams that are just that are always there at the top, and they just find a way in the draft to be making smart decisions. Do you see the flipping Patriots making these stupid moves? No. Or the or Green Bay. Or Green Bay. Or no. Denver. Or you know. You see teams like the Dolphins doing stuff like this. Yeah, I mean reacting. it's just these teams that are at the bottom. They're they're so desperate to find a way to get to the top, and they make these moves, and it's just not the way to go. It's just no, it, not it the never way works to go. Out. There's a long history of trading the top ten. It's just bad. Uh, but I think as a Seahawks fan, this and every draft is important. It's always important. But this feels especially important to me and just that 
They drafted well a few years ago. We've had some misses as of as of recent. You know, this last draft looks really good with Lockett and Clark. Um, the years before that, we you know we've had yeah, the James Carpenter's, Paul, the Bruce think... Irvins have left. We've had players come in. They but I think Bruce Irvin players. was a serviceable play. I think he was a right, pretty... but he's gone. He's he, gone. Yes, we he's gotta replace gone. Them. This is the draft we're replacing them. Yes, where it's important now, where if we don't start filling these holes, the team will begin declining. You have to start hitting again uh, because. You know, we hit early well, with some. You're of always going to have to. Right, you're always going to have to. Sometimes um, there's a there's a great quote I read. It was something like, "You're going to make mistakes no matter what." It's be, just being able to have the players to help you overcome those mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I know we've been losing guys the last couple of years, and we've gotten these um, uh, supplemental draft picks. So a guy leaves in free agency, and then based on how much he gets in free agency, we get a we get a pick for it. We have a third round pick. I think Golden Tate gave us a good pick. Uh, the year before um i think it's important for us to get a center this year yeah. um and to start replacing some of these guys that that have been leaving so uh it's important i think i think curtis that maybe you shouldn't just be doing be doing uh you know some lawn work maybe you should maybe you should sit inside and watch a few of the picks <laughs> i'm okay i could just <laughs> i could just go through twitter and then just see uh and see the uh, update on Twitter. Sure. I'm totally fine with that. Well, you know what? I treat baseball the same way a little bit. I understand. The, the Mariners won today. Yes. Uh, what's been going on with the Mariners? How are you feeling about the season? Been You're the baseball guy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, <laughs> it's just it's just it's tough to listen to Seattle sports radio. Uh, it's honestly brutal to listen to. You know, <clears throat> the up and down. The up and downs that you can experience through a baseball season is is almost like none other, and, it, it, and a lot of it actually has to do with the rise in popularity of the NFL, because people bring the excitement and passion of the NFL, and they and sometimes people get caught replicating that in baseball. It's just not how baseball works. I mean, <laughs> honestly, not. honestly, like after the Mariners win, it's like the Seahawks won the wild card game and, and they got a whole another week to get ready for the divisional game in the playoffs. I mean, it's honestly, <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's incredible. And then they lose and it's like the Seahawks lost the playoff game. And it's it's just it's just the end of the world. It's it it's 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 honestly emotionally draining to listen to these people. I was listening today on the radio about how the Mariners are turning it around. I mean, for heaven's sakes, they won two in a row. That's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah, it is a huge deal. Okay, look, (laughs) here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is a pretty – this is a solid team. They're going to be – I think that they're going to be in the mix of five to six teams at the end of the season that are going to be bidding for a wild card team. I don't think they're going to win the division, but they could be in the mix. They could be like a 2014 Mariner team that was one game away from making that wild card position. I see them in that situation yet again. Um, they're going to be solid because of their pitching staff, and I think their pitching staff's going to be, um, especially their bullpen. Their bullpen's just been nails this season. Uh, mm. That was the problem last year. The last year, uh, the hitting was a little bit better last year, but they could not win. They could not win any of these one-run games last year. I think they won like 
I wish I had the number here in front of me, but I honestly think they won like a handful of one-run games last season. You know why? Because they blew so many games in the later half of the uh, later half of the game. Um, with that bullpen was just brutal. But so far this year, this you know they shook everything. You know, uh, Depoto came in, new GM, new Scott's great service, new head coach has come in, really shaking things up. Definitely have gone to that sabermetric approach uh, a lot on you know a lot on that money ball attitude of getting guys on base. You know, yeah. finding guys they can plug in that have high on base percentages that. Um, find a way to, to play well in this safe go field, you know, environment, which, uh, we've yet to see, but, um, and then, you know, pitchers that are fine, you know, maybe not knockout pitchers, but guys that um, are able to, you know, withstand and stay in the ball games late, late in the game. So, so it's 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 interesting to see how this is going to play out. It's definitely a, a pretty much a 180 on the direction that the ball club has taken ever since DePoto has taken over um, after Jack Z. So, uh, I, I the jury's still out. I think I think this is, you know, what are we, we're six and seven um, currently. So, you know, we got 13 games in, 14 games in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in a 162-game season, that's too early. Just two. <laughs> it's on. Yeah, they're seven and eight. They're seven oh, and eight. Gosh. So it's fifth. They're fifteen games in, and uh, it's just too early to tell. Honestly, I mean, frack, the Mariners have only won one home game this season. So uh, I think there's still a lot to be said about what this team, the direction they're going in. But you know, it. You know, they've got the pieces. They've got Robinson. He's healthy. I mean, he he got rid of the, he had his surgery in the off season. He got rid of this parasite that was just hampering his performance last season. We saw what he was able to do after he got pretty healthy towards the end of last season. How he just caught fire. We've seen him catch fire yet again at the start of this season. I think we're I think we're seeing going to see that throughout the entire entire season. Mm-hmm. So Robinson's going to play well. Cruz is 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 doing his thing. He, you know, the power the power surge isn't quite there yet. He's hit a couple bombs, but nothing that we saw last season to to start the year. So, and you the nice thing is you're playing in a division that's going to be kind of wide open. The AL West is sort of a crapshoot this year. Uh, Texas is at the top right now, and Texas is, you know, they've got some pieces to play, but I don't think they're they're not the overwhelming favorite. Um, L.A., nothing special. Oakland, nothing special. Houston, terrible start to the season. They've got, they've got the most, I, you know, it's funny is because Houston, I think, has the most upside to mm-hmm. what they have. They're young, they're athletic, they've got some, this got, got some pop in the lineup. Correa and yeah, the new young kid, and uh, they also have you know uh, Dallas Keuchel, the you know great pitcher. They've got some pretty darn good pitching, so I, I think it's going to be a matter of time until they click again. They finished second in the league last year, second in the in the AOS last year. So, you know, I think they've got the most upside, but yeah, they've had a pretty terrible start to the season. It, this this division is going to be wide open, so they're going to be if the Mariners honestly can stick around the five hundred. 
you know, five, six games over 500 this season. Uh, they're going to find themselves in the mix for an AL, AL title, AL West title run, um, but most more likely that wild card position. Uh, and so uh, it's just going to be a matter of whether they can consistently play, you know, that three to four run game. Can they just find a way to muscle up three to four runs a game? <laughs> you don't need five, six, or seven. Just they just need three to four, and sometimes that seems uh, like a very Curtis. Daunting. I think you're forever optimistic, and I maybe daunting. just forever pessimistic. Yeah, I think that with a month out, there'll be no chance of this team being in the in the running for a for a playoff spot. No It'll chance, huh? And and that'll be that. I I think they'll be celebrating when we get back to five hundred a few times in the season around there, but. I don't know. I just don't see a big difference. And people are, 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 you know, high on Cano for being healthier this year. And he obviously had the bomb this game. But I just don't – I don't know if it's enough to – Which it makes – I mean, I mean that, that can totally happen. And like I said, it, we are 15 games in the season. <laughs> it is early. <sighs> It is. I mean, you really can't. You really don't know what you have, honestly, until you're at about the midway point of May. Until you're at the end of May, mid mid to late May, is when you'll know. We got what a you month. Have. We got another month. You we got can, another another month. Now, Texas was the last place last season through I don't know three months last year, and they ended up winning the division. You know. Houston dropped a little bit. They 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 plateaued, and Texas actually ended up winning the division. I think they were like last place in the division for the first three or four months. They were they had so many injuries. Bizarre. I mean, yeah, it was super bizarre. And, you know, Texas made a huge run uh, the last few months to to actually catch and then win the division. So, you know. But you know, the benchmark is the end of May. I mean, you got it. You'll know. End of May. End of May is usually when you'll see these guys that have maybe slow starts. You know, coming out of spring, they're you know maybe of them. Some of them are young. M's are pretty young. There's some new faces. By May, they're settled in. They're they've got they got their home here in Seattle, and they've they've kind of caught their stride. And whether they've caught their stride or not. You'll probably know by May, end of May. So that's, I think that's the time period when we can really start figuring out what we have. But right now, just let them do their thing. Honestly, it's like right now, do not invest a whole lot. Do not invest a whole lot. Because so, are we going to go a month without talking about the Mariners? Then until... I mean, I mean, I think that would be a disservice to our listeners, Dave. <laughs> but uh, I think I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be all high and mighty and super jacked about if we are three games over 500. Um, you know, at the end of April, you know, in a couple weeks. Uh, if we're if Dave if we're six to seven games over five hundred at the end of May, that's going to be something we're going to have to talk about, and um, that could lead to a very exciting summer, which we haven't had in a while. So, exciting summer baseball is a great feeling. It's a great feeling, and honestly, we haven't had it in twelve years, thirteen years. Long, long, long time. time. There's very dormant. Baseball fans in Seattle, but yep. man, if that team starts winning, I think baseball will. Just... You just, you just die. You just, you just, just want to give 
Felix a playoff start, don't you? Oh, poor Felix. You just want to give it to him. He's this... like a Calvin Johnson or something right now. Oh, he's man. just so good and giving everything to a team that just doesn't can't give anything do back. It. Feels like a waste oh, in some man. senses. It's brutal. So I mean that's honestly at this point in his career, he's just dying to play in the playoffs. So oh, poor guy. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to get in Seattle. Okay. Well, Dave. Uh, uh, we said we're going to make this one a little bit quicker. I just have one last thought I want to say on the NBA. Yeah. Uh, well, your your we Trailblazers leave. got some work to do. You know what, Curtis? I don't appreciate the sass. I can tell you're just not a fan. Paul Allen loves the Seahawks. Paul Allen loves the Blazers because he owns both. Yeah, but Seattle's The Blazers getting, are going Seattle. to win. I thought they were going to win at least two games this series. They look like they're a team that's going to be swept. Ugh, um, that's terrible. I haven't watched a second of them, but that doesn't sound very good. The first game was pretty, pretty, pretty rough. The second game felt very similar, except the second game to me felt like we executed a lot of shots. Wow, what an amazing play. So much work we just went through to get CJ McCollum wide open. Missed the shot. Run down the court. Maurice Harkless wide open. Missed the shot. Dame missed a, uh, a layup. It felt like there was just way too many missed shots. I'm hoping that at home on Monday, we're going to figure things out a little bit more. And with the momentum, with the home crowd, these shots are going to go in. The shooting has been really bad. Uh, defensively, we haven't looked amazing either. They're a super athletic team. But I honestly feel like we're a team that we can hang with them. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we won on Monday or if it was a much closer. It should be. I'm more surprised at how far off it's been. Last things last. The Warriors, Curtis are the oh, best team record-wise in NBA history. Okay, yep. That is simply a fact. They, won, they went 73-9. and nine. They beat the Bulls record. I don't know why. Everyone was rooting against the Warriors this year. I didn't, I didn't have any ties to the Bulls. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was too young to follow them or know or to really care. They were the team I was going to support. I wanted to see the Warriors break it, especially with Klay Thompson. I wanted to have a team from my generation that I could look back on and say, yes, I got to witness that. Right. And it was overshadowed by Kobe's last game. Yeah, how brutal was – how awesome but yet brutal was that? That, that Could was – Could you a, not I, have written a better night for the NBA? Well, I guess maybe a worse night for the NBA. No, that was great for the NBA. I think it was huge. The, I think a lot of people were buzzing. I think what ended up happening that I disagree with is people – what ESPN – um, and, and people were buzzing about or the, the, the push, the media push was to talk much more about Kobe than to talk about the Warriors. Right. And here's the cold hard truth for the, the Kobe lovers out there is there will be – there have been and there will be again other Kobe's that come and go. Well, I'm not sure we're ever going to see another 73-9 and nine team come yeah. and go. I just don't believe it. There's been uh, the Magic Johnsons. You have a LeBron right now that sure people say Kobe's better, and I'm fine with people saying that. But just uh, you know, points wise, uh, I think LeBron's gonna go down as a great. Uh, of course, there's been Jordan. Uh, there's been these you know uh, these these huge these huge Kareem's, whoever you want to say, that have gone out. Um, I think Duncan maybe is gonna be the next one up up and well, coming. What about Steph the best Curry? Ever their position. Yeah, Steph Curry, by the time he's done, there'll be guys like him that go, and they're going to have this last game. I don't know if we're ever going to see another 73-9 and nine again. I think that was much more rare and a much bigger deal, and it was overshadowed by Kobe, which doesn't make as much sense to me. I think that's unfortunate um, because the Warriors made absolute history, um, and Kobe, while he's one of the greatest players of all time, there will be other greats up with him. Uh, so I wasn't really pleased by that from the NBA but um, 
I will I will lay down my bias cards and and show them that I am not a Kobe fan. I haven't been. Most people aren't. A lot of people love him. I'm trying to try try not to have that affect me too much. Um, but personally, I'm not going to miss him. Uh, I, I mean, it's fun to have a villain in the NBA. I can admit that. But he he brutalized my Blazer so badly that uh, I. I can't, I can't love him. <laughs> yeah, well, so, you know, I'm okay even, with him. What's I'm even okay crazier is that there was another team chasing the record that, yes, Golden State was going after. And nobody talked about that. The either. Spurs were like two games behind. They had one of the best. I want to say it, it finishes like a top ten best regular season records of all time. Yeah, and again, the Spurs have been winning. Since nineteen what ninety nine, they've been doing it for seventeen years, and they're still being overlooked. I it's, just don't understand. It's amazing, isn't it? I have, amazing. I this is this is the truth, Curtis. Is that we may see a team that goes seventy four and eight. That's that has a higher possibility of seeing another dynasty be overlooked like the Spurs. We will never see a, a team that good for that long be overlooked as much as the Spurs has. It's been unbelievable. It's incredible. I will Incredible. never again in my lifetime see such an it's the it's the greatest sports dynasty I have ever seen. I don't think you can find another one in, in major league yeah. sports, um, in, in at least my lifetime. Uh, and then on on top of that, be so overlooked is incredible. I don't think you can find. I think they're way better than the Patriots dynasty. I don't think there's anybody else in the NBA that comes close to them. Um, and then in baseball, what do you have? The Yankees dynasty from back in the past. I mean, I'm talking about my generation, right? Um, but you could probably put that one above it from how many just amazing titles or just the amazing amount of titles they have. But it was it was a fun year for the NBA this year. The NBA this year was more fun than the NFL was overall. I enjoyed the NFL better, and I, I would rather watch the NFL yeah. than the NBA. Um, the, the NFL last year, I think was down year wise, um, in terms of excitement for me, uh, this year, I think the NBA was, was higher, especially with the Blazers, yeah. uh, finishing fifth when they should have been a, a lottery team. Everyone thought that. And so it, it's been a fun year and I've actually enjoyed watching the playoffs this year because it's fun to watch defense in the NBA. Cause you don't get that in the regular season. Not at all. And you get it in the playoffs, don't you? <laughs> yep. It's fun in the playoffs. Oh gosh. <laughs> Davey there. Yeah. It, oh, that was weird. It made a real crazy noise. It sounded like I was coming through as a poltergeist. Yeah, that was pretty scary. And now I'm getting a lot of feedback. Uh, are you? Yes, I can hear myself echoing. Things uh, are getting weird. Rena, pull the plug. Oh, no. Dave, well, we might have to. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the new Seattle arena and the the council members actually voting 4-1 to one to vacate the uh, – Occidental Street in Seattle earlier this week, which um, furthers the process of Chris Hansen being able to build that stadium in Seattle, which is a big deal. So uh, just to note, nothing really substantial has happened yet. They still have another city council meeting in a couple weeks, I believe, that they're going to have the final vote on um, – on that situation and with the port. So, and the NBA coming out and exploring expansion, um, expansion opportunities, which is uh, kind of ironic in the timing with that vote. So, Hmm. uh, interesting interesting, uh, development happening there. We'll keep the latest on that, but nothing super substantial is uh, coming of that as of yet. So, Seattle could be looking at getting another team. 
I don't know. Sonics could be back. We never know. We'll figure. We'll we'll follow it probably throughout the throughout the summer. So, well, Dave, uh, we put it in the books. Finally, after a month, we uh, were able to carve out forty minutes. So we did it. That's good. Um, anything else you have to offer? Um, you know, I could maybe think of something, but the feedback is still weirding me out so much. Uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, uh, again, everybody could follow us on iTunes, subscribe, check us out. I know it's been a while. We're going to try to make it uh, a little bit more consistent as we move into the summertime. Anyways, uh, thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you soon.